Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello, good morning, happy Wednesday. Welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett, I'm the CEO and founder over at Wildman Web Solutions. Uh, we're putting out this Ask Wildman show to answer your questions. Uh, it's an open Q&A to anyone who wants to jump in and be part of the conversation. Uh, but we're here to talk about uh, business, technology, marketing. Uh, so if you've got any questions on anything like that, throw your questions in the comments below. Um, or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, if we don't get to your questions today, then we can get to your questions next week because we are doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11, live streaming to the Wildman Web Solutions Facebook page. And for the first time ever today, live streaming to our YouTube channel as well. So follow us on your uh, social media platform of choice at wildmanweb. Okay, get this show on the road. Bring in my partner here, Mike Hanna. Mike, how you doing? Good morning, Miles. I'm doing fantastic. If I was doing any better, it'd probably be illegal. How are you this morning? That's pretty good. That's pretty hard to beat. Coming <laughs> off the holiday weekend, I think it's a Not long a day all the I'll time. I'll share some of my good feeling with you. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Yeah. So just going through this uh, short week September. here and trying to figure things out. Yeah. All is here, Miles. Mm, yeah, really. It hit it hit hard. All of a sudden, it's it feels like it's freezing outside. I, I realize it's, it's only like 60 degrees, but for some reason, that feels so cold. Yes. We'll get used to it, and this is gonna feel like a like it's hot in a couple of weeks. All right. So again, this is Ask Wildman, open Q&A for anyone and everyone who wants to ask us about business, about technology, about marketing, or anything else. We'll try to address your questions. Uh, you can throw your questions in the comments below, or if you just want to join in the conversation, uh, anything that we're talking about, you want to dive a little bit deeper or throw in some of your own personal experiences, put that stuff in the comments below. Or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that address. Uh, scrolling below us in that crawler here so you can you can see that there all right so first wanted to start off with a question we actually got over the weekend uh, so we'll start on that and then get to your live questions here in a minute um, and that was about sales and promotions I know we had someone ask us about uh, running a Labor Day sale and how to how to go about doing something like that so I wanted to take a little bit of time this morning and talk about um, just from a sort of broad marketing standpoint, how to properly run a sale or a promotion, and then dive down a little bit more specifically on the technology side um, and how to run a sale digitally, how to do it on your website, how to run it across uh, different social media platforms, et cetera. So um, right off the bat, uh, I'd say sales, my, my big answer there on sales, uh, I'll just throw in two main points, and then Mike, I'll probably let you run with it as the as the marketing guy here. Um, number one, and I'll probably come back to this later when we get to the technology side, is to prepare. 
Um, if you're just throwing a sale out at the last moment, uh, lots of times it's it won't go quite as planned. You won't necessarily know how to execute on something. It's not going to get you the results that you want. So uh, my number one tip on on sales and promotions is to prepare, plan it all out, have everything set up and ready before you you publish it and put it out to your audience. Um, that way you're gonna you're you're gonna get the most out of it because that kind of leads into the second point and that is that a sale or promotion should have a purpose. You know, maybe you're just trying to get rid of some stock or something's expiring or you just want to get rid of something, cut your losses on something, so you run a sale item. But a lot of times a sale or promotion can be a really powerful driver of of traffic or trying to get something uh, get more attention on something that you you need some more attention on. Uh, maybe address a little bit of a weak point in your business. Uh, maybe you have a, a slow time or a section of products and services that just doesn't get a whole lot of, uh, of spotlight in your regular business. So um, a little bit of strategy can go a long way in keeping your focus on what is the purpose of this sale, not just you know, I'm going to say 20% off in order to get some people in the door here on my most popular thing. But, uh, you know, think two or three moves past that and come up with a little bit more of a, a broader strategy to, again, maybe bolster something uh, that is maybe you see as a weak point or really highlight a strength. Uh, Mike, do you want to, uh, what, what are your thoughts on just, again, not really technology specific or anything, but just sort of general marketing level tips and tricks on on running sales and promotions yeah well i, I like the uh, the points that you made there you know especially planning ahead and and the only thing i guess i'd, I'd add you touched a little bit on it but i just wanted to uh flesh it out a little bit is also you know one mistake i see a lot of people make is they don't plan for what happens after the promotion or after the sale um and, and so there's a lot of wasted opportunity there where you know we're giving somebody something at a discount, which generally I'm not a big fan of. I'll, I'll just tell you that right now. I'm not, I'm not usually a discount, you know, per promotion uh, type of a of a marketer or advertiser. I understand their purpose, and don't get don't get me wrong, we, we run quite a bit of them uh, for clients. But you know, I usually try to uh, take another another course of action first. But there are really good instances uh, to run a sale for uh, so. That, that aside, uh, you know, as you said, you got to plan ahead. And most of the time, again, it really depends on, you know, what kind of product or service we're talking about and where your customer is in the buying funnel. You know, the buying funnel and the sales funnel comes into play a lot in this discussion when we uh, go to work on doing a specific promotion or a sale for somebody. And uh, we, have to, we have to understand where they are. And so that's going to determine how long we're going to need to talk to them. Generally speaking, we're going to need to talk to somebody for 60 to 90 days in order to then to get them to do something. Now, obviously, one of the nice things about a sale is sometimes you can shorten that time window, but you're going to have to shorten that time window by you know, giving up some margin, by, by giving a discount uh, on something or bundling things together or some way that's going to make it attractive uh, for the consumer and create a sense of urgency. Uh, because that, that's really probably the key thing that a sale is able to do is it's able to take somebody from way up here, you know, at the top of the funnel and get them down through the, the bottom of the funnel very, very quickly. Uh, the problem, as I, as I alluded to, is a lot of times we have to give up a lot of margin in order to do that. And so if we're not able to execute it uh, with a lot of volume behind this, this promotion, then 
a lot of times it's not going to be a win for us, especially if we don't have a way to communicate and engage with that customer after the sale, after the promotion, and hopefully to get them to be um, a, a customer longer or upsell them, you know, on something. Uh, and so those those are the two key things that I, I really think people need to pay attention to, um, generally speaking. And then of course, when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's about the offer, you know, because if if you are going to discount something, well, you want to make sure that that offer is very attractive, so you can't get that volume of sales that you want, but you also don't want to do something that's really going to hurt your bottom line. So uh, you first really need to probably talk to your your CFO or whoever. Uh, and figure out if you don't know as the operator, as the marketing department, where your your cushy margins are. And hint, you should already know this. Um, you know, and and point your sale into something that's not going to hurt you bottom line if you're able to discount it by 20, 30, 40 percent. So pick something that has a really high margin. Uh, the other thing that you can do is you can pick something that is a low volume player. You know, maybe this is something that you're just not selling enough of, and you need it to move. And so it's not a, it's not as a big deal for you uh, to give up some of that margin because you know that it's not just uh, it's not something that's flying off the shelf. Um, so those are a couple you know just big ideas I guess I would say when uh, I usually resort to when somebody says hey we want to run a sale we want to run a, a promotion is okay well let's make sure that we have you know the exact lead time that we need on the front end uh, so we can make sure that we're talking to enough people and getting them into that state of action. And let's make sure that we have a way on the back end to uh, to really hone in on that on that sale and extend the life of that customer. And then one other thing, I guess I'll, I'll throw in here, Miles, is you know with the offer, um, you know the really also the really important thing is is how we present that offer and how we uh, we present it to the, the customer. And what I mean by that is um, people aren't as uh, they don't have as large of a reaction to a transactional sale as they do if it's something that they feel like the company is really going out of their way in order to help them. So a lot of time, you know, it's a knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, we'll cut the price, right? And that's really the last resort you should do. You know, the first thing I think you should do is just think, how can we better serve the customer? Uh, without reducing the price, because like as I said, that creates a little bit more of an attachment, you know, emotionally with the customer. But it also, of course, keeps your margins intact. Uh, so, so a, a, you know, a little bit of a strategy there. And then, how are we going to execute the delivery of this? Because uh, we want it to be, you know, on our on our best platform. And I know you're going to get into this a little bit of how to execute that uh, technological wise. I'm just talking a little bit more uh, creatively. You know, and, and how are we going to make sure that this resonates with, with, with the right amount of people? And, and this, unfortunately, can't be something that we just usually throw together overnight and it works. Um, you know, this has really got to be part of a much larger strategy. And I know Miles here has heard me say this before. I don't know if I've discussed this on the, on the, uh, the show before. But, you know, in sales, I think about the sales process and, and, and the sales journey, so to speak. And think of it as a 12-inch ruler, right? And, and each inch is a stage in, in the sales process. Well, we want the close or we want the part where we're actually asking somebody to buy something to be two inches. And, and I think that that same principle comes into play uh, when, when we're talking about a sale. And what I mean by that is we want to have as many people in the middle of that funnel 
as we can, or as close to the bottom of the funnel as we can when we go to execute that sale. And so that all goes back into our marketing campaign, you know, what we've been doing over the last 12 months, how we've been engaging with customers, how we've been telling our story, how we've been building our brand, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so all of those pieces are the other 10 inches of that ruler. And unfortunately, you know, I, I see people that they, they think about the sale as something as separate, you know, than all these other things they've been doing. And so it's not part of that ruler. It's not part of that master plan. And so they try to do a 10 inch close <laughs> with, with a, you know, a two inch lead in uh, instead of the other way around. So, so, I mean, honestly, if I was going to be thinking about promotions and sales right now in September, 2020, I would be working on uh, first and second and third quarter of next year, you know? Uh, and I know that's probably disheartening to a lot of us fourth quarters right around the corner and that's sales time, right? It's like, uh, that's, that's time for conversion. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you're planning on doing uh, holiday motions, holiday sales and things like that, and you're not executing those plans right now, you're, you're behind the eight ball uh, and you need to, uh, to really need to sit down and figure that out. Don't wait till the middle, don't wait till Halloween, you know, or November or something like that. Uh, you're already probably too late. You know, we always say, you know, back to school, which is a big category in Lawrence, of course, you know, you're talking to back to school uh, right after Memorial Day. You know, a lot of people are like, what? You know, what? People aren't thinking about that. But you're laying the seeds. You're laying the seeds, you know, because it takes that long. It takes 60 to 90 days uh, to really take somebody through that state of unawareness all the way down to conviction where they know that they're going to do business with you when they need your product or service. Yeah, I feel like we're really playing into and you really built out my my second point there. And that is that a a sale or some sort of promotion, a push like this needs to be part of a bigger picture. And it's not just this one little separate thing that you're doing on the side. Um, you know, maybe if you just really need to get something off the shelves or something, then then that can be a pretty quick, okay, 10% off this thing, we need to get rid of it kind of idea. But if you're doing anything outside of that, um, then there there needs to be more of a strategy behind it. You need to be thinking a couple of steps before and after the actual sale. Um, I think one of the one of the fun uh, or I guess fun is the wrong word. Um, maybe mistakes. I guess I've seen sometimes. Again, it kind of depends on the promotion you're trying to do here. But um, where I'll walk into a business that I already knew about, was already planning on buying something at, I get in there and they have some sort of sale that I had no idea about. And I just happened to save some money that day, but I didn't know anything about it uh, before going into the business. It didn't affect my decision-making process at all. They just I would have bought the thing whether they had the sale or not. So really, they just left money on the table for for me. If there isn't maybe. that, maybe. From, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's right. So the, there's obviously more complexity here, but I always think when I see that, it's like, man, I wonder. Like, there just needed to be more promotion around this. There needed to be more noise around it. I needed to know about it um, because you know, just popping in here and seeing that. Um, it doesn't really help me to make that purchasing decision. It doesn't, uh, you know, beat them out over the competition or anything. It's just sort of a loss opportunity there is the, is the way that I see that. But you're right. You know, it, it really is more complicated than that sometimes occasionally. Um, you know, something like that can build up. It can just be a nice experience for me. Maybe it 
makes me a little bit happier with that business, with that company. So I want to come back to them next time. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely not nothing there, but it's just the thought that I have every time I see something like that. It's like, man, this was, this was a little bit of a missed opportunity and you guys just sort of left money on the table for me for this particular transaction. What are your thoughts around that? I, yeah, I mean, that, that, that could be the case. But again, if they have a plan on the back end in order to engage with you, you know, maybe they figured out from that purchase that you really like, you know, this, this kind of blue jeans or whatever. So the next time that it comes back in stock, maybe they hit you, you know, with an email if they're smart, you know, or something like that uh, to get you on, on the front end of the inventory instead of the back end of the inventory, you know, which is usually when they're just kind of running those haphazard sales and promotions are not really pushing it that hard. There's just hoping, you know, it's really also probably, you know, they're hoping somebody walks in and they want a shirt and they see the pair of jeans on sale and they go, well, hell, it's 30% off. Might as well get a pair of jeans too, you know? And so it's an upsell opportunity for people who are already coming in the store, you know, and sometimes they just need to get rid of stuff and then it's a, it's a store, you know, store-wide sale. Uh, and, you know, especially with, uh, with larger organizations, you know, uh, you know, they have pressure uh, for corporate and they got to get rid of stuff to bring new stuff in, you know, for the, for the next season. So it's got to go. And at that point, it's, uh, it's margins are out the window. So. Yeah. So this conversation has come up a couple of times in, in this show over the last couple of weeks, actually. And I think it'll be a good segue into moving into more specific, you know, technology surrounding sales and promotions. So um, what do you think about offering um some sort of sales or some sort of incentive to get a uh, a piece of information or to get something out of the client like you were just talking about getting an email or something is typically when we're marketing to someone on in the digital space there's a little bit of a disconnect there between the real world and that digital space at some point there has to be a point of contact where we're getting their email we're getting their phone number we're getting their you know social media or some sort of online encounter with them in order to remarket to them effectively later so what do you think about you know just offering some sort of free this 10 percent off this and then you have to put your email down or something like that in order to collect information i like it <laughs> you know if i'm going to give away something i certainly want to get something back uh and, and certainly i want to collect as much data as much information from that sales process as I possibly can from any promotion that we do. Um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just maybe just, just do that to do that, you know, but uh, it all depends. It all depends on what's a lead worth to you. Well, you know, what's a client worth to you? What's a customer worth to you? Uh, you know, if you, if you, you get 10 people through the door and you close eight of them, well then, yeah, maybe it is worth it, you know, to do that, you know, that, so that kind of just depends on the business. But yeah, in general, I, I think that there has to be some way that you that you're following up uh, with that client, especially if you're giving it or, or customer, especially if you're getting a discount. And yeah, speaking of, of speaking of great clients, we've got a shout out there in the comment section. So if you want to say hi to Mike, Mike Logan, popped in, gave us a shout out. So we'll give him a shout out. Go go buy some uh, some delicious cheesy street and cocktails over there at Lucia. Got a, got a big weekend at Lucia. Corey Phillips, I think, is playing on uh, on Friday. Corey, so, Corey. There you go. There's your Friday night plans. Uh, but yeah, did, I, did that I answer you your question? That the show. <laughs> Entertainment advice show as well. 
Yeah, uh, as far as collecting information that way, it does open up one of the more interesting ways I've seen of doing this recently. Um, and that is a, kind of a low cost, easier way of one, collecting information, two, doing a promotion, and three, generating a little bit of traffic either on your website or social media. And that's sort of that raffle option. Uh, I've seen some people, you know, they literally, they went the low tech route and they have a little card in the store where you say, you know, write down your name and email and we'll pick one of you to win a prize, whatever it is. Um, and so they'll, they'll collect hundreds, thousands of contacts and then they give away one thing or a couple of things. Uh, I've yes. seen that more higher tech version of that on social media or say like, you know, comment on this post, like and share this post and we'll add your name into the bucket to draw for whatever things. So you only have to give away one thing, but it's sort of a two birds, one stone kind of idea. You're running that promotion. You're getting all that information from every single person that's that's interacting with your, your raffle promotion with your post. You're getting a lot of traffic to your page, to your social media, to your website, or wherever you're you know, running this thing off of. And then you know, ultimately you're, you're giving away a cool thing to someone which is probably going to uh, you know, create some more traffic, some more attention for you. Especially in the online space, attention is the currency of the land. So that can be a, a kind of fun, interactive way to run a less than standard promotion that's not just a you know five percent off buy one get one free yeah yeah I mean, definitely you know i'm not a big fan of those online you know er, da, 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 da. i mean first of all facebook hates it uh you know they penalize that stuff but you're right it does get a lot of attention uh i've actually seen i think there was a uh, was one that was like giving away a toyota tundra you know like super truck or something and it was a it was a total fake <laughs> so there's even companies out there that do are it. doing they're doing fake giveaways just to get I don't know shares, what likes whatever silliness. Uh, I, I really though I really like the old school method of giving having a raffle for people that come into your place of business. And I know this is getting this is getting really old school in the COVID world. Uh, yeah, when people come into your place of business, I like having something that they can engage with. That's uh, you got to be careful when you say raffles and things like that in Kansas too, because there's some legality there. But giveaways uh, and things like that, you know, I uh, I think restaurants should offer a free dessert, a free appetizer, a free uh, drink, whatever it is, as a bounce back to every first new customer that comes in the door. Um, you know, something like that I think is is it's very old school, but it hasn't lost its flavor, and I think that it. Goes, shows that you're going to go the extra mile to take care of somebody. And when you do that right at the start of a relationship, it has a big impact and they're going to be a cheerleader for you. They're going to tell people about it and say, wow, you know, we went to this restaurant. It was great. And they're going to give us a free dessert for next time. Um, and so things like that, I love, you know, again, pick something that's not a, a, a going to be a, a margin buster, you know, pick something that you're already maybe not selling a lot of, uh, but it's going to provide added value for that customer or client. And that's a huge win in terms of a promotion in my book. So maybe when we're talking about promotions this way, we should give this sort of uh, rule of thumb kind of idea. And that is that, you know, you should be doing two things at once with this kind of promotion. That, that means it's a, a, good com a good promotion. First, you've got just that standard offer, the, the thing that everyone thinks of when they think of a sales or a sale or promotion. You're going to push, push this particular 
item or service, you're going to get more out of that. Um, but then also you're touching on something else. Either you are getting more traffic to your, your online spaces or to your in-person store. Um, you are building some authority or some, uh, some trust or likability in your, in your particular space, or uh, maybe you're gathering some information, you're gathering emails, you're gathering social media information, phone numbers, names, whatever. Uh, but regardless, if you're running a promotion and you've only got that, that one point of, hey, maybe we'll sell more of this one thing, then you're not going far enough. It needs to be touching at least one of those other things, playing into a larger strategy, touching on your other marketing efforts, and in some other way, building up your business, either online or in the real world. I, that, that's a good point, Miles. I mean, I, this is, this is going to sound a, lo a little bit uh, harsh. But I feel like anytime we have to discount a product or service, it just, we haven't done a good sales job. We haven't done a good job of providing value, you know? Um, and, and so anytime that I think that we have to, when we feel like, oh, we have to discount in order to get somebody in the door. Now, okay, things are a little bit different right now with COVID, you know, and things like that. But under, under normal circumstances, uh, I think that if we have to do value our product or service, that something went wrong in that sales process, you know, it goes back to that 12 inch ruler metaphor, you know, uh, you know, the actual buying part should be the easiest, most painless, simplest, quickest part of our whole relationship with the client. Uh, if we've done everything else right. Right. Which is why maybe that sale can play into, you know, something that's more important. And that's why you're, you're sacrificing something there on that one product because you know it's it's helping you to build some authority. It's helping you to build some uh, improve your reputation or get some traffic. You're getting something else out of it. Otherwise, yeah, it's just God sort really. of a simple loss yeah. on that one on that one product or service, whatever you're you're yeah. selling there. Yeah. All right. right. I, I so, think we beat this horse to death. <laughs> I, I I agree. Transitioning out of that, but first. Uh, for anyone joining us here, this is Ask Wildman, a show produced by Wildman Web Solutions here in Lawrence. Uh, we are, this is an open Q&A, so uh, we're here to answer your questions about technology, marketing, um, anything that you want to ask us here. Um, we do have a couple of additional resources that we started putting out here in the last couple of months, so I want to link those real quick uh, for anyone that wants to learn more about uh, you know, these kinds of topics. Uh, first of all, we do have the article section on our website, wildmanweb.com slash articles. Um, we'll be adding more to that here shortly, but there's just a bunch of quick little articles to educate you on um, SEO or website optimization or digital marketing efforts, a couple different uh, articles on, on some more technical things, a couple of marketing things, a couple of design articles. They're just quick little, uh, no, no deep dives there, but just a nice way to dip your toe into one of these things and maybe give you a nice start um, on, on learning about this space. In addition to that, we do have our toolkit uh, still live here, wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. That stands for the Local Business Online Toolkit. Um, this is a, uh, a full toolkit of software, subscription software, uh, to help you run your business online, to help you manage different social media platforms, help you manage your listings, your online advertising if you're running any kind of ads. Uh, to you know, help you see how your website is performing, your full online presence, you can manage through this this toolkit um, that we've been offering for the last couple of months. Uh, just started putting it out there for for COVID to help people um, 
convert to running their business online a little bit more effectively. Now that's that's so important. Uh, so go to wildmanweb.com slash LBOT and put your information there. It'll sign you up automatically. That being said, if you have any questions, you want us to talk about anything, subjects uh, or, or full-on questions here, go ahead and throw your questions um, in the comments below and we'll try to get to those. Or if you're watching this later, email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll get back to you uh, next week. So we're doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11. Let's close this out over here, a little reminder. All right, next question we have. How many reviews should I have? How important are they? So we're moving into reviews over here. Uh, so reviews are a big portion of what we refer to as your online reputation. Reputation being what people are saying about you, the general thoughts about you and your business um, in the online space. Uh, reviews are kind of the most, they're one of the larger, more direct uh, indicators of what people are thinking about you um, online. I know we got a couple of questions about that uh, earlier this week, someone asking about Yelp. Um, so how many reviews should I have? I think that's it's very industry specific. Um, so I would suggest looking in your industry or maybe at your direct competitors, uh, people in your, not only in your industry, but in your area, because different cities, different markets are all widely different. Um, you know, someone in your industry in Kansas City might have a different uh, average than your industry here in Lawrence. Uh, so generally speaking, I'd say go out and try to find um, businesses similar to yours, ones that you're in direct competition with, ones in your industry, in your general area, uh, and kind of see where they're at. Uh, that's what we do with our tools when we're measuring uh, to see where you are at with your number of reviews and, and, and your review score, is we're comparing you to industry averages, not just, you know, this is the average of everyone in the world. It, it doesn't really make sense to make that comparison. Uh, so for some businesses, if you've got 10 good reviews, then you're, you're killing it, that's awesome. Um, and in, in other industries and in other businesses, you know, you should have hundreds up there. If you only have 10, then you're, you're really falling behind. Um, overall, I'd say the average score is probably more important than the number. Um, so if you have a small amount of just perfect five-star reviews, that can be more beneficial than twice the number of reviews, but your average has fallen down to a you know, 4.1 or something like that. Um, so yeah, look at, at industry averages um, and really focus on getting positive reviews, more positive reviews than just, you know, going, playing that volume game and trying to get a ton of reviews of questionable value. Um, one point that's, that's not really directly the question, but one thing we can throw in here is if you do have a, less than awesome average review score, maybe you're just sitting at that 3.0, increasing the volume can be and uh, can be the best way and sometimes the only way to raise that average. Yeah. Um, so you really got to go out and, and pursue those reviews. Unfortunately, the people who like reviewing are typically the ones that are pissed off about something. Uh, that's when people want to go on and leave a review. So the people that are happier about your business, sometimes they take a little coaxing. Um, so it, it might behoove you to 
to ask people um, to, to somehow kind of try to get people who are happier about your business to go and, uh, and review you. That can be as simple as, you know, just a Facebook post or something saying, hey, please review us if you like us. Um, or there are technologies out there to uh, send out review requests. Uh, I know we have one actually in the toolkit I just mentioned. There's a tool in there to send out um, review requests via email and text message, trying to make it as easy as possible. Uh, where they just have you know one click five stars and that's it you want to review uh, remove unnecessary hoops there uh, to try to get more positive reviews and bring that average up because again i think that average is more important than uh, the total volume that you have there as long as you're somewhere in the ballpark of industry average as far as the the total number goes Uh, I got a second part of that question of how important are they? Again, that's kind of review, uh, review specific, industry specific. Um, in some industries, reviews are really, really important. Um, that also plays into which platforms you're looking at. Generally speaking, uh, Google and Facebook reviews are kind of the big players in town right now. Um, there's a, a Yelp is probably a, a third there, a distant third. Then there's also um, industry-specific ones, uh, ones for reviewing specifically just restaurants or, or hotels or others in the hospi hospitality sector. Um, so make sure to track your industry-specific review sites as well. Um, but yeah, they can be immensely important. Uh, they help your SEO. They help improve traffic. Um, I know I've talked about reviews before, but review responses are a nice, easy way to be able to engage directly with with uh, with your audience for for free and really get a lot of visibility. Uh, generally, when we're running a, a campaign on social media or a search engine campaign, uh, paid or organic, in general, we're trying to get in front of your audience. We're trying to get in front of your customers and get their attention and say something to them. A review is just someone handing you that for free on a silver platter. So as soon as you respond to that, you're putting that content out in front of your audience, whether that's a positive review or a negative one, you can really use that opportunity. So used properly, leveraged properly, reviews can be an immensely powerful tool for uh, you know, leveraging technology and, and building your, your business in the online space. Uh, I think that's that's pretty much my spiel on reviews. Mike, did you want to take that? And how many reviews should I have and how, how important are they? Yes, I, I will. But I just, before I run with it, I wanted to I wanted you to add on one other piece of advice because I know you've mentioned this before on the show uh, about how to respond to a negative review. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, um, responding to reviews, positive or negative, is, uh, is super important um, and is a... Uh, an oftentimes missed opportunity to engage with your clients, especially negative reviews. People don't want to respond to them, obviously, because they're negative. They're not fun to read. They're not fun to look at. Um, you know, whether they're accurate or not, um, people kind of tend to avoid them. Uh, but yes, you should respond to those. Um, and, and don't just go on there and try to start an argument. Don't try to start a fight with this person. Um, so in general, I'd say, it's a little counterintuitive, but start with thanking them. Thank you for the review. Because regardless of if it's positive or negative, they took the time out of their day to provide you feedback. And as a business owner, that feedback is valuable yeah. in one way or another. So start yeah. with that. 
thank you for the review. Um, then address their, their concerns specifically. Um, the last thing that someone wants there is some sort of canned response. It seems like you just sort of copied and pasted it on every single negative review. I'll see this sometimes right. going through business reviews and all of the responses are exactly the same with maybe one word changed or something. Um, you know, you can kind of use the same model or the same structure every time, uh, but don't don't make it just this canned response. You have to address their concerns specifically. So if they had, you know, they went to your restaurant and they didn't like a particular dish or they had a bad experience with a waitstaff or something like that, address that that concern specifically just to show, even if you're not you know, saying you're, you're not fighting it, you're not accepting it, you're not doing anything like that, just say, uh, you know, sorry you had this experience with this server or something, uh, just to show that you actually read their review and you're, you're talking to them specifically, them personally. And right. then finally is engage them afterwards. You want to take this conversation offline as quickly as possible. The last thing you want to do is start a continued conversation with someone on a negative review going back and forth. She said, he said, this happened, this didn't happen, fighting with them in the comments of a review. Uh, because the more engagement a review has, the more uh, important search engines see it as. And so if you have this, back and forth conversation with someone, search engines, are, search engines are going to see that as a highly engaging, highly important piece of content for your business. So when someone searches for you, this negative review will be the first thing that they see. Um, so only respond once. Respond once would say? and okay. bring them off offline. So when you're, mm -hmm. uh, that last sentence in there should be, hey, uh, well, first, thank you for leaving the review. Sorry, you had XYZ experience. Here's our point on that. We can resolve this. Give me a call. Here's my number. Go to our website. Here's the contact form. Email us here. Some sort of off the review continuing conversation. So if they do want to engage you, you're giving them the opportunity to do so. You're giving them the opportunity to continue that uh, conversation, whether it's legitimate feedback or just a fight that they want to have. Uh, you're pulling that off of the review board. So that's that's the general structure for responding to a negative review. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for covering that, Miles. Yes. Uh, to get back to the question here, um, number of reviews. I agree with what Miles said. It really depends on the category, and I would just go. I would just Google your category and look through. You know the category. If everybody else 160, uh, 240, 300 reviews, and you have five, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, because what it is, it's a it's a trust factor. You know, it is it's a trust factor, and it's and it's also a uh, a sense of of market share. You know, I mean, if 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 I see that your competition has way more reviews than you, I'm going to assume that they have way more customers and clients than you do, and so they're probably providing better services, right? I mean, that that's going to be the the subliminal thought uh, behind that. So check your category uh, and and see where everybody is at. You definitely want to be on the top of the heap in terms of the number. But uh, as Miles said, I think that the rating is the most important thing. And to answer the second part of the question, it is incredibly important, uh, reviews are. And I know a lot of business owners don't want to hear that. Uh, I know a lot of business owners' reviews frustrate them because, as Miles said, it's usually the negative ones uh, you know, that seem to be the loudest and, and come the most often. But 
you know, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, as Miles said, it, it's, it's feedback and all feedback about your business is good. We don't want to hear the negative feedback, but we can't fix things that we don't know aren't broken, right? So uh, it, take that with a grain of salt and it is what it is. And you're just going to have to, uh, you know, appropriately deal with those negative reviews as they come in and then internally, hopefully fix the things if there are genuine problems uh, happening in your marketing bridge. Because what this is, you know, the, the reviews to me, is, it's just a, uh, it's just another way, it's just another example of how the world and, it's, and certainly the marketing and advertising world has gone from top down to, you know, <laughs> straight across the board, right? It's that everybody has an opinion, everybody can share their opinion, everybody's voice can get heard. It's no longer just the brand talks to you on the top of the mountain and you never hear from anybody else except for the brand when they're on the television, right? Or the radio, the billboard. It's now you can hear everybody's opinion on social media. You can hear, you can read people's reviews. You can engage with, you know, other customers uh, and followers of that brand and find out what they like and don't like and et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's Reddit groups and you know, all kinds of different ways that people can talk about you now online. And so, you want that's a big part of your brand you know as we talked about brand uh, a week or two ago on the show you know it's, it's really just kind of another word for reputation it's what people say when you're not in the room and and so uh the nice thing is that we can see a lot of what people say uh online about us and, and we can learn from it so it is extremely important not only internally for you to be uh, taking that feedback and reacting to it uh, but also externally as part of your marketing, as part of your brand uh, and your reputation out there in the marketplace. So uh, I would do everything I can, you know, of course, to fix my marketing bridge issues, which are just you know, things that happen inside the business. It's what the customer experiences uh, and then try to get as much feedback as I possibly can um, about those experiences as, and create that, that feedback loop. Uh, and, and luckily, that it's easier now than ever. Uh, you know, we have a couple of products in the in the LBOT in the in the local business toolkit that'll help you do just that. And Miles, if I may be so bold, it's a throw right hook right here on the show. Uh, we actually right now for this month only, uh, and only for people who sign up this month. So everybody else who signed up for it, you guys got screwed. Okay, I'm sorry. We got a little sweet deal here, Brennan. And uh, if you sign up this month, we're going to give you the pro version of Reputation Management at no cost for 30 days, along with the rest of the LBOT. And so you're going to get a chance to fix your reviews on us for free. Miles is going to pay for it. <laughs> He's, you thought oh, he was a nice guy. You thought he was a nice guy. And then he went and did this. It's over the top. I know. Uh, He's going to pay to fix your reviews. So. Drop us an email. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. Uh, there's there's the right hook. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so, you, do, you know, even if you don't use our product, I would recommend that you do use a product, uh, use a product, excuse me, uh, in order to procure uh, more reviews and in order to make sure that the positive ones are getting shown and the negative ones aren't getting shown. They're only being seen by you and your staff and, and they're not bringing down your overall rating. Uh, because, you know, what, what, let's, let's do a little bit of psychology here. When somebody is getting into reviews, they're pretty knee deep in the funnel, right? You know, they, they're probably already decided that they want to buy your product or service. They're just trying to figure out, but if it's you or your competitor, 
So reviews are like the one of the last lines of defense. You know, so we really want that rating to be at least higher than our competitor, but you know, preferably over four and a half stars and, and as close to five stars as we possibly can get, because that could be the final deciding straw of if they purchase us or not. So, you know, in a perfect world, we we don't need to worry about reviews because they're not even Google searching our competition. They're just thinking of us first, liking, knowing, trusting us, and we did the best marketing campaign ever and they just come to us and do business with us but we know that the majority of customers don't do that right uh, i was i was shopping last night for my son and my son made the comment dad you really love the review section don't you because every single product i will go and read the reviews before i buy it you know is that they say oh man it ran too small or it was loose fitting or faded in the wash or whatever screw it i'll go buy something else um and I, I think that that's becoming the rule now, you know, and more than the exception in terms of consumer behavior and consumer habits is that they want to make sure that they're not getting, you know, they're getting the best thing, especially I think as we do more and more online shopping, you know, the more that we get re removed from that physical touching, tasting, feeling the product or service, you know, uh, and then purchasing it, I think that the review process and the acknowledgement from others that this has been a really good product or service from them becomes extremely important. Uh, and then you, of course, have categories where it's everything. You know, uh, if I'm if I'm looking at, uh, you know, where am I going to take my 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 child to, you know, do the, the dentist or a surgery or you know something really important like that? Of course, we're going to check the reviews, right? I mean, even like an auto mechanic. Uh, you know, I, I would if I was an auto mechanic right now, I would be obsessed with my review rate because I really think that matters. People want to go someplace that they know other people have gotten a great experience from. Uh, they, you know, uh, so think about that in terms of your category. And yes, it's extremely important. There's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, pro I'll take this outside of the question just a little bit um, because I, I do want to hit on a point here. It's not directly part of the question, but um, you, know, you, you had asked about reviews and I, I kind of talked about um, something called reputation. We refer to this as reputation. Reviews are part of your online reputation, but they're not everything. Uh, they're definitely a big piece and they're one of the most direct parts. You know, you get a, a review, they say I liked or I didn't like, and then literally a star rating. Generally speaking, you don't get it as, as direct as that, but there are other elements of your online reputation where people are talking about you on social media, tweeting about you, maybe not tagging you in everything, but uh, you know they're they're referring to you by name, um, and and these conversations are happening on uh, industry-specific blogs or maybe Facebook groups that are about your your industry, about your business category, um, or just in in these private conversations. Someone starts a Twitter thread, and then you know there's this whole big public conversation about you and your company that you aren't seeing at all because it's not directly a review, but that's definitely part of your your reputation. Um, so I would recommend, in addition to staying on top of your reviews, trying to get more ones, trying to get more positive ones, of course, uh, but also make sure that you are involved in the conversation elsewhere. Um, so spend a little bit of time every couple of weeks, maybe look around on social media, look around in your friends, ask around, see where these kinds of conversations are happening. If you can find that Facebook group where people are talking about 
uh, you know, maybe there's a local mechanics group talking about uh, things and you join that group and they've been talking about you and your business for the last couple of weeks and you had no idea. Uh, you can find these groups and you can join that. Uh, you can find these blogs and you can start following them. And then you can involve yourself in the conversation. You can jump in there and maybe if they're talking about you directly, then you can address that, whether it's positive or negative. And if they're not talking about you, then you can inject yourself in the conversation and become the topic of conversation, which increases your, your authority, increases your likability, increases, increases your reputation uh, in, in your area, in your industry. Um, so it can be a little bit more involved on that side of things. Uh, another reason to use some sort of tool, again, don't have to use ours. There's there's plenty out there. Um, but, you know, find some sort of tool that helps you search for these things. Uh, the keyword you might be looking for is social listening. Um, that's, that's the tool that allows you to look for certain keywords and phrases on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram um, or wherever you want to look. Uh, that's not specifically tagging you or your business, but they're talking about either directly talking about you or talking about your industry. And so you want to jump in and be a part of that conversation. Um, so maybe grab onto one of those tools, start using something like that so that you can take a better hold of your online reputation outside of just the reviews. Miles, I'm really glad you touched on that. Um, man, that was important stuff. So <laughs> um, that, that engagement is the key and First of all, before I respond exactly to what you said, if you if you're a business and you have people leaving comments on your Facebook page or wherever and you're not responding to those comments, please never, ever, ever not respond to a comment again. You're killing me. You're crushing my soul. It makes me just weep. OK, you got to respond to the comments. OK, you got to do that. You got to do that. Um, but. More to his point about engaging in groups and things like that, it is so important. And I want to just take it one step farther is that if no one has started a group, <laughs> you know, around your category, then you start the group and you be the one who hosts the party. And that is actually the most effective way to get the most engagement. Uh, you know, let's just take the auto mechanic example for it. You know, I, I maybe there is, there's probably not an auto mechanic you know, help group, especially, uh, you know, centered around Lawrence or Kansas or Kansas City or Northeast Kansas or however you want to do it regionally, where mechanics just come into the group and they offer advice on how people can take better care of their cars, right? So think about if you were the Lawrence Auto Mechanic Shop that started the group and everybody followed your group and every single day, every single week, whatever, you were putting out great advice, uh, of how people can take better care of their cars, who do you think they're going to know, like, and trust when it comes time to go fix their car, right? And and so this this dovetails completely into content marketing and what we talk about in terms of content marketing and how important that is, you know. And so this is a great illustration. Let's let's just run with this example for a second. You know, if I'm the auto mechanic and I have this group and I'm putting out wonderful, valuable information. And people are getting it, people are telling their friends about it, and other people are joining the group, et cetera, et cetera. Think about how much more valuable and how much more positive that is than me running a commercial saying, I'm the best auto mechanic in town. I'm going to give you a free uh, oil change. And I've been here since 1947 and I'm family owned. 
it's no contest, right? I mean, it's so easy to ignore the second one and just put them in a bend of, oh, that's a silly advertisement that is just trying to get me to buy something as opposed to the first model where we, no one is asking me to buy anything. They're just giving me value, 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 value. But they're also increasing awareness and engagement is off the chart while building that brand. So there's no question, especially as the future, you know, becomes the now of which one of these, you know, types of methods is going to win out. Uh, people do not respond to traditional advertising anymore. They want content. They want, uh, they want to be engaged with. They want things that they can absorb and learn from. And that's what they're going to respond to. And so I implore everybody to examine how you could achieve that in your own business. And especially, I know there's a lot of business categories right now that are kind of in the lull. You know, their big season is in the spring and the summer, or their big season is in the wintertime. And so, like, this is kind of a little lull time for a lot of people. Now is when you need to dive into how do I become a media company? You know, we've, we've said this, you know, again and again and again. It's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, in 2020 and beyond, can't just be the auto repair guy. You can't just be the insurance gal. You just, you can't be the real estate company, right? You also have to be able to be a media company, meaning you have to be able to put out a volume of contextual content on, on a platform or platforms that are most meaningful to your audience on a regular routine basis. So that means you have to be putting out video, you, know, you have to be putting out blogs, you have to be putting out a podcast, something that you're able to do on a regular basis or you're quickly becoming irrelevant, right? You know, the old, uh, I think it's Zig Ziglar, uh, you know, you're either green and growing or you're, you're ripe and rotten, right? You know, the old, the old sales metaphor, right? It, and, and it's so true with, uh, with the shift that has been happening in the marketing and advertising space over the last five or 10 years is that there's a lot of people that are getting left way behind. I mean, my 14-year-old puts out more content on a weekly basis than I would say over half of the businesses in Lawrence, easily. And that's just sad, okay? <laughs> so, but, but almost every 14-year-old, right? I mean, so it's like people are putting out way more content than ever before. So if you as a business are not, you know, ratcheting up your content output, your engagement output, uh, and you're bringing value through your content to your end consumer, you're becoming irrelevant by the minute and you're breaking my heart. So. We have mentioned several times, you know, doing some content marketing, making yourself a, uh, a media company, as you put it there. Um, and, and we actually addressed a couple of things today that are kind of easy, very effective ways of, of doing that. That isn't just, you know, before we had talked about, you know, writing a blog or doing some video content or you're starting a podcast or something. Those things can be difficult and are not necessarily in the wheelhouse of every business owner. But um, one of the things that you can do and one of the ways that you can really get started and uh, get a lot of bang for your buck, be very effective as far as producing content, making noise, get Getting something out there is just sort of interacting with the the already existing landscape surrounding your business online. So that would be uh, commenting on on uh, social media posts about your business, or joining a Facebook group, or creating a group, and putting content out that way. That's just you know organic 
tips and tricks about your industry, about your business, uh, responding to reviews on Facebook, on Google, on Yelp, starting a conversation there, really getting some engagement going around your reviews, monitoring your online reputation, finding those, uh, you know, those third party sources, those, those blogs about your industry and your area. Uh, finding those message boards, finding those uh, those social groups to join and really just jump in the conversation that way. You don't have to write a full article, just you know, be part of a conversation that's that's already happening. And that can be an immensely effective way to be to drive engagement, to drive traffic, and to get your business out there to produce some content uh, without, you know, maybe just sitting there and banging out a full show every week. 100% miles. All right. Well, I think we've hit that here. We are coming up on the hour. So I think we're going to uh, wrap things up here on Ask Wildman. Uh, again, this is a weekly show. So check back in with us next Wednesday. We are live streaming every Wednesday at 11 to the Wildman Web Solutions Facebook page. So if you haven't already, follow us um, at Wildman Web. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the show, we're uh, we are live streaming for the first time to YouTube as well. So if that's uh, more your poison of choice, go ahead over to uh, YouTube and follow us there. Uh, same handle at Wildman Web. Um, and if you have any questions in the meantime, you come up with something or you're watching this later, make sure to email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com and me or one of my team will get back to you and try to answer your question as thoroughly as we can, or we might even talk about it next week on Ask Wildman. So that's it for this week. Mike, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, Miles. Everybody, thanks for watching. Have a prosperous and safe week. <laughs> All right. See you, Mike. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. And we'll see you next week at 11. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.